Hello, my friends. I have another episode here for you of the Subscription Web Design Podcast. This one is going to be a little bit different. I'm going to actually play for you a recording um, that, that I did. It was a webinar that I did for um, my web design mentor, Josh. He's got a, a great club, fantastic group of people. And he had me in there to do an advanced training on the, on the five different models of subscription web design. And uh, I had thought about like recreating this and, 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 you know, doing it, you know, uh, outlining it specifically for the podcast. But then, you know, I thought, honestly, the energy was so good. And the, and the, the you know, honestly, the content was so good and really helped people um, that I thought I would just go ahead and play this one for you. So uh, without further ado, this is going to be my presentation on the five different subscription web design models and uh, how you can go ahead and start thinking about using these in your business. I hope you enjoy and learn a lot from this episode. All right, everyone, my friends, it's so good to be with you again. I feel like it's it's been a little while since I've been able to hop in here. So this is going to be really, really fun. So talking about the top five subscription web design models, learn the framework, choose a model, and then design your ideal business around it. Um, one of my uh, mentors from afar is actually, I'm kind of jealous because he's Josh's mentor up close, is James Shramko. And this is one of my favorite quotes. I, I have to say, I think this is probably one of the coolest things about the subscription model. He says this, the consistent, reliable income that comes from a recurring subscription customer base lets you sleep well at night. You don't need to worry about what the coming months will bring or how you'll survive the next round of expenses. You'll be able to accurately predict your profits for months ahead. And I just kind of want to invite you to think about that for a minute. Um, you, you guys have been, you know, we, we've all kind of been in the same spot before where it's sleepless nights, it's the risk you're taking in owning a business, and there's so much to it. What would it mean for you to be able to create something that was stable, right? Where you didn't have to do the whole feast or famine thing. You know, you didn't have to plan for how much money you might make in whatever August because September is always a light month. You know, what if it was more static and stable than that? That is what the subscription model inside of a web design business can do for you. And it also helps with another thing too. I mentioned the feast or famine model. I want you to think about this. Have you ever felt like you were just on the client conveyor belt, right? Where client comes in, you might work with them for a little while, and then uh, maybe a few months down the road, they come back for another little thing, or maybe a, a, you know, a few years later, they come back for another website, or maybe they don't. But it seems like client after client after client, tons of marketing, tons of networking, tons of business development. Um, I remember back when I first talked with Josh on the uh, podcast, you know, he, he was like, how many clients did it take to build up to a, a business like this? And at the time, the answer to that, which it's not that much more now, but the answer at the time was just over a dozen. Right. It really didn't take a, a large pool of clients to work with on a regular basis in order to come up with a subscription model that was um, that was profitable. So instead of the client conveyor belt, what I submit is that we look at something more like the client value escalator. OK, so, you know, on a conveyor belt, folks come in and, and then, you know, you kind of you do your thing with them and then you pick them off and then they're on to the next thing. But with the escalator, you sort of come in at the bottom and then you escalate up. And as far as I'm concerned, you could do that with them forever, 
right? They come in on the bottom floor looking for a website or whatever it may be. And then the longer that you do business with them, you build this relationship as they need more uh, help in growing their business. You provide more value, right? The escalator's going up. You provide more value. And also they're giving you more money. Uh, because of, you know, whatever add-on services or, you know, their website, they, they needed an overhaul and it needs to be bigger this time or just whatever it may be. So I want to, I want to get designers off of that client conveyor belt and onto the client value escalator. And those might be corny names, but I hope the analogies are, are sticking with you. It's a really different mindset altogether. Now, I do realize time's a ticking. Your time is super valuable. So we're going to try to make this quick, um, but also informative and helpful. And I want to leave plenty of time for the Q&A. So just so you know what to expect as we're going through, three new discoveries throughout this process that I hope you're going to get. First is going to be the exact framework for how to design a subscription business. So full disclosure, this first, the first part of it that we're going to be talking about is a little more theoretical in nature. It's actually the outline taken from a course that I just created on this topic. And um, it's going to be, I think, helpful for you, but it is going to be a little bit more sort of thinking about how it could work for you. And then the second two pieces are going to be a lot more tactical for you as far as implementing this. And those are going to be, first, you're going to learn the five subscription web design models available. There may be more, but I've identified five that I see used most commonly. We'll look at those. And then how to actually take the first steps towards designing your ideal business. And if you decide to work the subscription model into that, great. You're going to have some questions um, around that, and hopefully we can help work through some of those. So who am I? Most of you know me. We, I've been in the club since December of 2020, I think. I think that's right. Um, and so my name's Steve. For those of you, if we haven't met, uh, I'm an entrepreneur, web designer, marketer. Uh, all of those things are true. But at the end of the day, I'm actually just a hardcore business nerd. Um, I really love business. I really love business models. I love thinking about business, how to do things um, more effectively and efficiently. It's kind of a curse, right? There's a business idea lurking around every corner. Um, but it's, it's a fun life regardless. Uh, it didn't start this way for me, though. So... If we were to back up and zoom out to the early 2000s, you know, to 2008 through 2015, probably around those time periods, um, I was doing um, music full time. I worked in a recording studio. I played professionally on the road. And me and my buddy, Jared, what we would do whenever we had a new client in the recording studio come in, inevitably they would need help with their website. You know, they would need a way to, for people to book them, a way for people to see their latest music and things like that. So what we did was charge a hefty $500 or so to design websites for these groups uh, that came in. And I, you know, back in those days, you had to still do a lot of CSS, PHP, and that sort of thing. I didn't know any of that stuff, but I was good with words. So I provided the content development and things along those lines. And Jared did uh, the design work and, and things like that. I managed the client relationships and all as well. And so that lasted until around 2015, 2016. Uh, music was fading into the background for me. I had a full-time job. And of course, not very long into my full-time job, I was like many of you guys where it's like, okay, how can I get out of this full-time job as soon as possible? And so that set the five-year plan in motion for me. But I was thinking, you know, while I'm working, while I'm providing for my family, what could I do on the side? And I was just thinking through the inventory of things that I knew how to do. And web design came up and I was like, huh, 
you know, I wonder how web design has changed since the last time that I was really doing it. And I wonder if it's something that I could do for myself. This is around the time that I stumbled across uh, Divi and the, you know, the Divi community, WordPress community. And uh, I really started to believe that I could do this, except I was like, well, I don't really have any testimonials. I don't have a portfolio of any kind. And so the burning question sort of came to my mind, would someone really pay me thousands of dollars for a website? Would they really, because people were saying like, yeah, you need to charge at least 3,500 bucks or more for a website. And I really uh, did not think that I could do it. Uh, the confidence meter was pretty low for me. And I thought there's just no way that I'll be able to um, make this work. But I, I really think that, you know, of all the things I know how to do, this is probably up there on the list. And how can I make it work? And I remembered back to what a mentor of mine said growing up. Actually, he was the owner of the recording studio. And to be honest, he's more like a dad to me than anything else. And he said this, find customers who will pay you month after month, year after year. And from my working in the studio, I knew that they had actually designed the entire studio business around that. You can actually listen to, to the podcast episode I did with Josh a while ago uh, for that story, for that full story. But they designed basically a recurring subscription model in the studio world, one of the first and maybe even still only of its kind. And so I thought, okay, okay. Maybe I can make this work. Maybe I can't give clients to give me thousands of dollars for a website, but surely I could find somebody who would be willing to give me 75 whole dollars per month. Add it, you know, to, as a line item on the, on, the, on the expense sheet to the business, $75 a month. Surely I could get someone to pay that. In fact, I remember some of those early thoughts and conversations I had with people. In fact, I thought I could get a lot of people to pay it. And I thought I was legit about to be like rolling in the dough. The, the cash was just going to come pouring down. Um, as you can imagine, $75 a month for web design work. Uh, it didn't quite happen that way, but I did learn some pretty important lessons, okay? Number one was that I was not nearly charging enough. Um, I needed to be charging quite a bit more than $75 a month to be profitable, but the model was working, right? I was getting clients. I was starting to see how it could be possible, how it could actually work for the long term. Another lesson I learned is that people loved the idea of working with a web person over the long term. You guys know um, communication and designers ghosting people. That's such a huge problem. And it was a huge problem back then. For some reason, it's still a huge problem today. And in fact, I don't know if any Mike McCallowitz fans in the house, but um, if you've read Clockwork, I actually defined what I call radical overcommunication as the queen bee role in our business, because I've just decided that we're not going to fall off the mat. We're going to be communicative. The clients really appreciate that about us. And then the other lesson I learned was the one that really made me believe I could do it. You know, it's, I could really build a stable business without always chasing after new clients. I could go deeper with the current clients I have. This is really, like, I could really see how this is going to work. I've got some things to figure out, but I could see how it's going to work. So I spent the next uh, seven years now, you know, just perfecting this model and of course, I had that uh, podcast episode with Josh and Josh and I have a different conversations over the years. And he he really encouraged me to put together something to help others who were interested in this figure out how they could start to do it for themselves. So let's dive in. Three action items. Today, you are going to learn the framework. Then you're going to choose a model or at least start thinking about models. And then 
design the ideal business for you. All right. So if that sounds good, let's uh, let's dive right in. So first of all is to learn the framework. So this is where you sort of consider the A to Z of the subscription business to make it work for you. And these are the different you know topics and things that you're going to need to think through. The subscription mindset and model, designing the business itself, getting clients for the business. How do you sell it to somebody, you know? Uh, profitability and efficiency. Believe it or not, it's not all about what happens on the front end. It's a lot about what happens on the back end as well. And then supporting your new clients forever. So we're going to talk about everything in sort of uh, step one about learning the framework. Again, at a very high level today, um, it's stuff that's it's certainly available to you deeper in the course, but we're going to talk about that at a high level today. And then we'll dive into a lot more of the nitty gritty stuff here in just a moment. Sort of a mindset that I like to adopt with most things is take flight and then build the airplane. Um, I know from personal conversations with some of you and just because I know how uh, people like me are built, that uh, analysis paralysis is the real deal. Um, you know, everybody's got a new business model, right? And I I get it. It's like, you know, are we, do, are we doing the subscription model with Steve? Are we doing the day rights with Sarah? You know, I are we doing the copywriting first, you know, with, uh, with the other guy? I forget his name, but, you know, don't get caught up in the analysis paralysis. I would start something today, whatever it is, and then build the airplane as you're going. For me, that's probably one of the biggest tips in general that's helped me get to where I am today. Um, it's just start doing something, apologize for it later. You know, you will mess up. You will make mistakes. Make those mistakes as early and as fast as possible so that you get to something that works. That's the mindset that I take, and I, I really hope to impart that to you. All right. So first of all, the subscription mindset and model. So you got to think through these things, right? Why and how the model works. When you start selling subscriptions, okay, there are books and books and books that you can read about this. Uh, one of the books that makes it really, really simple for you is James Shramko's book, Work Less, Make More. It's a fantastic book that talks about this. But you need to understand some of the mindset behind subscriptions okay it's not the same as a one and done type of service you know what are people thinking about when they sign up for things like netflix or a gym subscription or lawn care they're asking different questions they're thinking different things than the one and done service provider so you're going to need to think through those and then the huge perks and then the, the pain points and pitfalls of the model as well yes it is fantastic. It's been super helpful for me. It's helped build a stable business that I love, that my family loves. I mean, we support our family of six today um, on my business and a small side business that my wife has. And it's it's pretty incredible that we're able to do that, but it hasn't been without its bumps in the road. I mean, what happens when a $1,500 a month client leaves? Um, you know, we had that happen last summer and for a couple months it was like, okay, like, what are, what are we going to do? That was a pretty big chunk out of our income. So as you do this more, there are things to that you're going to need to figure out and think through. It's not all sunshine and rainbows, um, but the more attentive and the more aware you are of that as you're designing what you want to do, rather than just winging it, the better off you will be. All right. The second thing is as it relates to designing your subscription business. Now, point number one, we're going to come back to you and talk through quite a bit in the next section. But, you know, there are different subscription models. You don't have to do it just the way that I do. Um, I am partial to the way that I do it. It has worked well for me, um, but there are other methods of, of working in the subscription model, one of which is just to do maintenance plans, which, which we'll talk about. But there are different things that you can do. It doesn't have to just be the way that I want or that I, I've decided. And then how to decide what to charge. 
believe it or not, you know, you've heard about value-based pricing, um, project-based pricing, things of this nature. You can even work some of those in with a subscription model. For example, you could use value-based thinking, you know, based on what a client stands to make or wants to make from a, a website, how much should they spend in order to accomplish that result? And then you just divide that number by uh, a, a specific length of time and boom, you've got a subscription model uh, based on value-based pricing. So there's a lot to it. Uh, to boil that down and give you sort of my most helpful tip there, I would say don't charge less than $2.97 a month. I know I'm throwing out an actual number. We all live in different places of the world. I get that. For me, speaking as someone who lives in the eastern United States of America, um, $2.97 a month is, I think, the minimum that I would charge for web design services these days. So maybe think about starting from there. Translate that to your local context, of course. And if you want to charge more, do it. But I wouldn't charge any less than that, I don't think. And then the, the last piece is working the, the model in. Are, are you going to go wholesale? Are you going to burn the ships, as the old story goes, and do only subscription models? Or are you going to keep offering traditional web design services and then just add the subscription models on? And we'll talk about that more in a minute as well. Um, but that's something that you're going to have to think through, a decision you'll, you'll have to make. Okay, the next thing is getting clients for the business, right? Because somebody has to actually buy the thing um, in order it to, to make it worth all of your time thinking about. So you need to work on your pitch and presentation. And, and here, um, I, I will just give you, uh, besides storytelling, I would say storytelling is one of the biggest, but the the other big thing for me that has helped me in, in sales conversations and, and pitches with people is just to show up with both honesty and confidence, honesty and confidence. Be honest about what you do and do not know, but for what you do know, show up with confidence and leadership about it. And that will, no matter if you're doing, you know, traditional model or subscription model, that will almost certainly help boost your, uh, your sales conversions. Honesty and confidence are the name of the game with clients. They really love all that. The second thing is is, is marketing. Um, how do you actually get your first clients with this? Now, if you're in an established business already and you're already getting leads, you know, keep doing more of what's working uh, and just start testing the waters with a subscription model. You know, you don't have to offer it to everybody, but feel people out as you're having conversations and see if they're if they're right. If you're still having um, trouble with like where to go to get clients at all, then this is something that I would I would suggest. If you're doing sort of a geographic niche kind of thing, you're serving people in your local area, then just based on the testimony of others in this group, and, and also I've, I've done it a little bit myself and seen success with it, find a networking group, you know, join a chamber of commerce or whatever, and um, just get out in your community. People have to know you're in business in order to do business with you. And it sounds simple, but even for me, as I say that, you know, it's hard for me to grasp and accept. I'm an introvert. I love nothing more than sitting behind this computer screen and, you know, venturing out even to a coffee shop or whatever is a little more difficult for me. Uh, it's just not natural to me. So nevertheless, if you want clients, people have to see you and know that you um, exist. If you're not doing the local thing and you're going for more like the, the industry niche targeting sort of thing, but you'll work with people anywhere. My biggest piece of advice on this is Facebook groups or LinkedIn groups. Okay, these are places where, you know, you have you have groups online for whatever, physical therapists, for HVAC providers, for dentists, right? And you can't go in there and spam, you know, with all of your advertising, and you shouldn't anyway, but you can go in and be helpful. You know, some of my biggest clients today, 
came from groups that were just online, free groups, talking about people in my niche. So I serve people in like e-learning, membership sites and things like that. And I've just been a helpful person, a fly on the wall until somebody had a question, came in and answered the question. And um, one of those particular clients, you know, I mean, I, we, we started working together. I just did a little thing for her for free. And then today she's one of my very biggest clients and one of my best clients. We're, we're having a great time working on her business. So you can show up for free and be valuable to people. And then finally, I'll say this um, for staying top of mind with prospects. You can do this in a variety of ways, right? Email marketing or um, social media. And you should probably do all of the above. The, the bottom line is this, though. If the riches are in the niches, the fortune is in the follow-up, okay? Yes, it's great to niche down. That's a good start. But if you're not following up with people, then you're leaving a lot on the table. So when you do get leads coming in, you know, are you making a conscious effort through social media, through email marketing, through maybe even phone conversations to follow up with them? Um, I, I don't I, I don't want to make up the statistic off the top of my head, so I'm not going to, but I, I read it recently and I, I just can't remember it. And it was a great statistic that talked about how most sales only happen after the seventh contact point of follow up. But most people aren't following up beyond twice. So it's like, you know, you have an initial conversation with the person, you follow up one more time. And then you never talk to them again. But most sales, and I do want to say it was like 90% or something outrageous, um, came from the seventh follow-up point. So don't be afraid to follow up with people. That will definitely help you get more clients. We're going to move through the next two a little quicker, but profitability and efficiency. You know, are you going to scale? Are you not going to scale? You don't have to decide that today, but the earlier you decide that, the different, uh, I'm not going to say this right, but the differently, the much more differently, you know, whatever I'm making up words like Josh now, um, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll make different decisions for your business. Okay. If you decide to scale and uh, then if you were not to decide to scale, I think either way you should do two things. You should put together a repeatable process that either you or a future new hire, um, could follow over time. And then the second one is to become a budgeter. Okay. Um, Personal finance is huge when you're doing this because it'll allow you to get a real sense for your cash flow, for you know setting aside for taxes, for your profit, for how much you can bring in, for how much you should be spending on expenses. And why not? I'll just plug another Mike McCallowitz book. That would be Profit First is a fantastic book that you should all read and it will greatly help with this. But it really helps if you're actually budgeting, looking at your numbers often and, and, and such the like. You might say, why are you talking about budgeting? I thought we were learning about web design. Well, it's true. But when you're doing a subscription model, like I told you, the mindset is a little different in some ways. And you want to be sure that you can cover those monthly expenses without any problem. And you want to be sure to, you know, look at three to four months ahead. And, you know, are you going to have to make different decisions based on, you know, our contracts coming up for an end, et cetera. So I'm just always a fan of budgeting and being money smart when it comes to your business. And then lastly, along these first lines here uh, for learning the framework is supporting your clients forever. And we'll talk about this in more detail with the contract and build sign off here in just a moment. Um, but you, you need to have a particular point in time where the arrangement starts and where the arrangement stops, or at least the, the website build stops. That's going to be important. Secondly is handling weird situations. So what happens when uh, a new client comes to you and says, hey, I see on your website that you offer uh, subscription websites for $297 a month. That's great. I've got a huge e-commerce store with 100 products and 50 variations of each product. You know, when can we have it done? And it's like, 
Okay, well, that's probably not going to fit within the parameters of your subscription model. Or if it does, maybe there's a way, and we talk about this in the course, but maybe there's a way to modify the model so that it will work for that. I think ultimately the best thing that you could do here is just be super clear about what you want to offer. Um, one of the things I remember from Sarah's training she talked about was this concept of an irresistible offer. And um, and lots of other marketers use that terminology as well. But the idea of that is that it's a, it's a specific, like defined deliverable that helps you avoid scope creep. You're going to need something like that when you're offering subscription web design so that people don't keep layering things on and layering things on. You know, unfortunately, and I won't go into a sob story here, but unfortunately... Um, one of my buddies, I cut him a really, really good deal. This was right after I went full-time. I cut him a really, really good deal. And um, sadly, he took advantage of this of the situation. Um, and I charged him, let's just say I charged him less than when I initially started out charging people in 2015. Um, and that project drug on for like eight months. I don't even think he ever did sign a build sign-off form. So you can really be victimized by scope creep. Um, if you're not careful and setting boundaries and abiding by the contract. And then the last point here is, is just keeping clients and what to do if they leave. So what's interesting when you get into the subscription model, something that I think about on the daily, of course, I do want new clients to come in. That, you know, that never changes no matter what your business model is. But for me, I think about that a whole lot less than I think about keeping clients what do i need to do how much value can i provide you know do i need to be providing reports should i provide a monthly or a quarterly check-in call you know what are some things that you can do to keep clients to provide more value and and to and to make it to where when they see that subscription charge come through on their bank statement every month they're not resentful of them but rather they're excited by it. They're excited by how much you're doing for them and they can see tangible results in their business. Another great book I'll offer up to you here is by Joey Collins. It's called Never Lose a Customer. It really helps with this and shows different ways that you can create that reciprocity and that, that buy-in so that you get your customers as excited about doing business for you as you are about doing business with them. All right, made it through the first bit here. Um, I, I hope you can see, you know, is it is it starting to get real for you? I know we're covering a lot of theory as up to this point, but, you know, hopefully you're starting to see um, maybe how this could work for your business and, and maybe you've got those, those gears turning a little bit. Okay, see lots going on in the chat. I can't pay attention to it, but um, hey, that's awesome. Uh, so glad to see everybody here. Okay. Beautiful. So let's move to the next bit of this, which is choosing a model. So you're going to examine the five models, choose one that sounds right, and then start offering it. Okay, start. Uh, you know, again, I'll say I'm making a, a, a very big point out of making sure you start, do something, you know, don't wait to take action. So yes, get this information, but then boom, go do something with it. Okay, so here are the five models, lease to own, the traditional lease with a buyout option, same as cash, fill in the blank, and then maintenance only. So we're going to start out with my lease to own model. All right. Now, this is, again, the one I'm partial to because I invented it and it took me seven years to get it right. Uh, so I so I am a little partial to it. Uh, but I do hope that you could see how it could start working for you. And uh, again, I'm biased. It is my favorite of the models we're going to talk about. So I wanted to go in a little bit more detail on this one. I hope that's OK. And um, 
We'll see if you like it. So the first step, the first thing you want to do is decide on a minimum amount that you want to make per project, including maintenance. Okay. This is important, including maintenance, because the way you're going to do this is the deal, right? The deal is that you're going to build and maintain a website over a certain period of time. Okay. So decide what you want to make on a website, including maintenance. Then you're going to divide that number by a desired cycle length, okay? So I'm going to use really low numbers with simple math because I'm really not good at math, okay? So let's say that for building a website and maintaining it for 18 months, you want to make $1,800. Now, there's no magic number here. I know people who do 12 months. I know people who do 18 months. I'm sure you could choose 24 or whatever. Again, we're just keeping it simple. My cycle lengths, as I define them, are 18 months because I don't, a year feels too too small and too finite to me. 18 months feels a little bit more nebulous. And so I think that helps with the subscription mindset. More on that in just a minute. So let's say 1800 bucks times uh, or divided by 18 months. Boom, you would have to charge $100 a month to make that work. Okay, let's say that you wanted to make $3,600 over that same time period. Well, that would be $200 a month. And now if you're like me, now 2015 Steve, would have freaked out at the possibility of charging $3,500 or $3,600 for a website. But I just told you how you could make $3,600 for a website by just charging $200 a month. And you say, well, that's different, right? Because it's not all upfront. It is different. And that's the point. It's different because it will end up being stable for you, okay? The other piece to this is you have to choose what happens at the end of a cycle. Are you going to ask them to make a decision to stick with you or are you going to assume that they stick around, okay? Hugely, hugely important. All right, now I wanna walk you through the step-by-step -step specifics of my model because, I, again, I do think that it's, it's probably one of the more complex ones in the list, uh, but again, it's the one that's worked for me, so it's the one I feel the most obligated to teach uh, very thoroughly, okay? So first is a small setup fee kicks off the project. Now, this wasn't always the case. I didn't always charge setup fees. I have charging. I have started charging setup fees today as the team scaled because, frankly, it just really helps me to be able to recover some of the cost, frankly, of paying for the team on the front end. So um, most of the setup fee, you know, ends up going to pay the team to get things uh, taken care of for the project, and then I end up making the recurring income on the on the back end, and it really um, it really works out great. Okay. Secondly, the client signs a contract and the project kicks off after the first monthly payment comes in. Boy, did I make that mistake one time. I built almost an entire whole website one month before I ever got the first payment and it took a little while to get paid. Uh, so I will never do that again. Website starts when the first payment comes in. Okay. Number three, the build progresses and usually takes anywhere from four to eight weeks depending on your process. Again, that's just for us. Maybe for you right now, it's two weeks. Maybe it's 12. We're in a four to eight week delivery range right now. So that's how that happens. And then, and this is huge, at the end of, the, of, the, of that period of time, when we're done actually building and designing the site, the client signs what I call a build sign-off form, signifying both to her and to me that she is happy with the design, okay? After that, she's happy with the design because you don't want to be six months from now putting eight hours a month into a website. And again, that's the mistake I made with, with a buddy of mine and um, I won't make it again. 
Okay. So after that point, after the build sign off form is signed, we move them into care phase. And this is where we support the client for a minimum of 18 months. And then at 18 months, they have the option to leave or continue. Now, importantly, though, we don't um, tell them that they have the option to leave or continue. And I don't mean that in a nefarious way. That is spelled out in the contract clearly and in our conversations. What I mean is we don't make some event out of it. You know, we're not sending an email. Hey, your 18 months is up. Do you want to keep going or not? Um, we could do that, but um, it, it kind of violates the subscription mindset, right? Part of the subscription mindset is this idea of assumed continuity, okay? Assumed continuity, assuming that a client is going to be there for life, okay? Now, in our case, what we do then is, is the idea is if they stay for 36 months, we'll offer a redesign of their website. And then the project sort of starts over again, minus the setup fee. We only charge that the first time. Now, think about the implications of this, though. Remember, we just talked about making $3,600 on a website by charging a client $200 a month. You're not redesigning their website until 36 months, which means by that point, they will have paid you $7,200. Now, how many of you in the building are charging or, 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 you know, have the mindset to charge $7,200 for a website upfront right now, or even 50, 50, probably few of you. And I don't mean that as a slight, I mean, I'm the same way. I would have a hard time charging that much at, at one time, or even in those increments. Um, but when it's spread over a 36 month time period, now that's a lot more interesting. And, and the numbers are really cool. So we think about the ability just for $200 a month to be able to make $7,200 for building and managing a website. It's pretty cool. And then, of course, number eight, as the client's needs change or as their business grows, we actually offer additional services. We do reputation management using review lead like Eric talks about. We've got some clients absolutely loving that. We do email marketing. We do some blogging work. And we don't really advertise this hardcore, at least not right now. But it is something that uh, with certain clients as we go deeper and they want to do more to grow, you know, we'll offer it to them. So that's sort of a look at, at my particular model. So when I say subscription web design, this slide that you're looking at, you know, this is what I mean. This is what I'm really interested in teaching folks how to do. But I realize that it may not be for everyone. So if, if this particular model isn't right for you, then maybe one of these next four, which we'll go through a little bit uh, more quickly, will uh, appeal to you. So the second one here is the traditional lease. Okay, the traditional lease. This works maybe more like a, a car lease does. And it, it's a little bit uh, cleaner, a little bit less complicated, but it still does have some moving parts. What's neat about this is it's still subscription web design, right? You can still spread the cost of the website out. But what's really important in this model is that the client must intentionally make the next move, okay? Now, uh, one of the... Uh, people that are doing this is uh, Stephanie Hudson, Sweet Tea Web Design. They have a lease model that they call it. And uh, it is exactly what I'm presenting to you here. So it, it, this has been done. It's, it's being done by people who are, you know, really skilled um, web designers and, and business owners, and it works great for them. Now, importantly, whenever a lease runs up, the client gets three options. They can continue, buy out, or drop. And so the continue, so let's just use 12 months because that's what Stephanie and them do. So for 12 months, the client pays for their website. The website gets designed, you know, the whole nine yards, much like we've talked about. At 12 months, 
client has to make a decision. If they continue paying, that qualifies them at that time for a redesign of their site. And then they pay for another 12 months and the whole thing repeats itself. Or they could buy out. So they could charge or they could pay rather an additional, you know, whatever it is. For them, I think it's $800. You could make it whatever you wanted. Um, but there's a, a buyout that takes place and then the subscription payments stop, the buyout happens and um, everybody goes along their separate ways. Or they could just drop the website, right? They could just say, well, I, the, the business isn't working for me, whatever. I decided to go a different direction. They stop paying, the website goes offline, et cetera. So it's super clean. It's not that complicated. It's easy for people to understand, but there's a problem. And the problem is to me, that it's missing that assumption of continuity, okay? And, and it's fundamental, like the ability to buy out or drop or continue is, is sort of fundamental to this traditional lease, but it's missing that assumption of continuity. And just so you're clear about what I mean, when you sign up with Netflix or you go to a gym subscription or you know even your landscaper or whatever it is, um, that sort of, at least the gym, makes it really difficult for you to leave. Um, and of course, you don't necessarily want to make it difficult to, to leave. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is they just don't expect you to, right? They sort of expect you to stay around for a while. Now, at the top level, right, from the business angle, sure, you know, they know that a certain amount of people will leave and a certain amount of people will come every month. They get that. But when you as an individual sign up, their goal is for you to stay forever. And that's my goal too, right? I want clients to stay forever. So I think you should think about it more like Netflix or a gym subscription than a car lease, okay? The next model, again, moving through these a little bit more quickly, is same as cash, okay? Now, this is pretty simple, right? This is just, oh, I want to make $1,800 on the website. I'm going to divide $1,800 by 18, and they'll pay $100 a month. And that's it. It's basically a payments, right? Like, like almost like financing in a sense. Um, same as, so that's why I named it same as cash. You could do that. Um, I, I, it's not my favorite way of doing it, but it's a simple way to get into this. And you could offer it as a downsell. Let's say someone doesn't like your $1,800. You say, well, what about $100 a month? Would you be willing to do that? And then you could maybe, you could maybe get the sale. Like I mentioned, it's not technically subscription web design uh, because it's more like payments of a, of a bigger amount, but it's still recurring income, right? So you can still use it to sort of gauge your cash flow and spread things out over time. So um, yeah, I find it uh, something that you should at least consider. And if you're going to do that, I would also think about adding maintenance only on the back end. So after the website build is um, completed and they've paid, you know, whatever their 18 month period or whatever, You'd want to make sure that you still had a path forward for them for hosting and, and maintenance. Um, and we'll talk about that here in just a minute. Last question there is, are you going to charge interest, right? I know some people have talked about this. It's like, well, if you're going to spread the costs out over 18 months, then maybe the payment should be more like, you know, 120 a month or 125 a month or something to account for the fact that you're going to have to spread it out over a cost of 18 months. Um, again, something you could do. It's not my recommended model, but it is a model that is available to you if it's something that helps you wrap your mind around this uh, a little bit better. Next, the fourth one here is fill in the blank. I love fill in the blank. This is a take on a productized service. Um, <laughs> pardon me. Um, I'm going to mess up his name, but Richard Zimbalist, who is uh, one of Josh's students and uh, was interviewed on the podcast his actual company is a, you know, they, they do websites, custom websites for all kinds of folks. But then he's got another little niche company that offers websites just for optometrists. 
<clears throat> and um, for this, what they do is they offer templates. <clears throat> Sorry about this, guys. I got a bit of a cough going on. So what you could do here is say, okay, I'm going to create three to five templates for a specific niche or industry or whatever uh, that clients could choose from. Then I'm just going to replace the images and content in those templates and then host and maintain them for the time period and then go from there. Okay. This is certainly doable. I think it's a fantastic way to get started in subscription web design. You could even, if you wanted to get crazy, set up a little niche website where you were going to do just that. You know, again, maybe you just want to serve um, farmers, right? Or dentists. You could set up niche websites for just them and then offer these template packages to them. It's a great way to get your feet wet without going wholesale into subscription web design across your business. Huge benefit here is you can take on more work and deliver it faster. Okay. You can speed through um, these template sites in a lot quicker way than you can with uh, custom sites. Now, us, you know, we're sort of on the other end. We like doing these big, you know, e learning, subscription, you know, membership management sites. So we're kind of on the other end of this. But, you know, I could see if you wanted to offer a dentists or restaurant owners or whatever, a little niche um, template site, you could do it like this and it would be a great little add on to produce another revenue stream. Like I mentioned, it's a huge benefit for niching down without niching the whole business down and then actually just providing it as an add-on service to the current services you have. The final model here, uh, here doesn't take too much explanation because you're probably the most familiar with it already. Josh even has a course about it, and it's the maintenance-only model. And this is a valid subscription web design model. Um, it is the gateway drug for most web designers to recurring revenue. When most web designers think of how to add a recurring revenue stream, almost certainly maintenance and management is where they go. And I think it's a fantastic starting point. Of course, this kicks in after the site is built and uh, follows a more traditional payment structure um, when you're actually doing the website design build, right? So it's like maybe you charge 50 up front, 50 on delivery, and then afterward you kick into the maintenance uh, plan. And I haven't taken Josh's course on this, but I've, I've checked it out a little bit and uh, it definitely looks great. So I would highly recommend you to check that out if you want to get into the maintenance only um, way of, of offering sites. You're going to need to decide what services you'll offer. You know, are you going to do backups, optimization, updates, report, et cetera? And then uh, a cool thing about this is it gives an option for inherent already, but I need someone to help me take care of it. My web designer ghosted me, et cetera. I'll bring them in on the maintenance only plan, get them into a recurring plan, and then I'll upsell them into the full model later. Okay. So I hope this is making sense to you. Some of the different ways that you could do this. Um, we've, we've mentioned uh, some model modify, modifiers throughout. I'll just quickly display them here. You know, set up fees. You could offer these as a downsell or an upsell. So upsell from maintenance to full or downsell from, you know, a, a full payment to the subscription model. You could add additional services. Like I mentioned, most of the services that we do now are on subscription retainers. We do very little project-based work. Um, stay or go. You know, are you making them force the decision to, to stay or go, or are you just going to assume that they'll stick around forever? And then loyalty rate commitment. This is where I make a commitment to all my clients that I'll never go up on them so long as they remain a subscription web design customer. If they leave and come back later, then they're subject to paying uh, the new price. Now, 
Uh, to be honest, I really uh, don't have as much time as I'd like to to be able to go into the uh, designing the business. So I do want to talk through it a very basic sketch um, this point. Maybe we can get through it in four Start somewhere, right? I mean, this is, I've mentioned this all throughout. Don't delay. You need to start somewhere. And consider when to jump off the dock. So don't just burn the ships and go full into a subscription web design model without first counting the cost, doing your budget, making sure that you can sustain it over the long term. Okay. I got that jump off the dock terminology from, from Dave Ramsey, right? It's like, yeah, if you can make 60% of your full-time income at a side business, then you could probably make 100% of your full-time business or of your full-time income if the business was full-time. Same idea here. You know, don't go all in with subscriptions if you want to be a little bit more measured with it and uh, and still do some of the traditional model as well. And that number three is just to make that decision. Decide whether you're going to do this add-on or go all in. Next is decide what to charge. Uh, huge point, your personal worth and value is entirely separate from what you charge. Please listen to that. Please understand that business is business. And for most clients, it's, it's so much about numbers, honestly. I hate that, but it is. Um, don't make this about a personal reflection of your worth and value. I assure you, you are worth um, infinitely more than you could ever charge for a website. So don't even try to make that association. Ask how much do you want to make? Be confident about that. Stick to it. Make what you want to make in business. Don't scrape by um, because you think people won't afford it or, or can't afford it. Uh, they can. You just have to help them believe that it's all possible. Fire up your budget, right? Talked about this already. You got to have people. Um, you got to be budgeting, okay? You can't just slide by with this. You need to be smart about your money. Um, and we teach that in the course because I think it's very important. Lastly, start getting clients. I'm just going to jump to the end of this one. We talked about it a little bit already, right? Go to the marketplace. You have to be vin. Like I said, Facebook groups, you can do lots of blooming and answering people's questions. All that stuff is fine. I have never regretted being helpful and giving away tons of value and information for people up front. It's always worked out for me on the back end. And then the last bit there is just to craft a compelling origin story. Notice how I started this out telling you the story of how I got started in subscription web design. Your story matters and stories have helped me sell websites for the last seven years. So craft an origin story around why you do what you do, why you help the clients that you do and how you could be of benefit to them. Hey friends, just a quick heads up as we close out today's episode. So there's this event coming up I'm really excited about. It's the Simply Profitable Designer Summit. It's all about finding new practical ways to make our web design businesses more profitable and honestly, more enjoyable. I'll be there sharing some insights and I've got some fresh perspectives to share that I think you'll find really valuable, especially if you're into making your income more predictable, as I know many of you are. Plus, there's going to be a bunch of other speakers who are absolutely brilliant at what they do. And here's the best part. It's totally free to attend. So you can get all of this information and action and inspiration without leaving your desk or even your couch. So if you're interested, just head over to subscriptionwebdesign.com slash summit to get your ticket. Subscriptionwebdesign.com slash summit. It's a great opportunity for us to learn some new strategies together. Oh yeah, I'll be there too. 
and maybe even shake things up a little bit in our businesses. I really hope to see you there.